If you have your Bibles with you, turn to the book of Judges, chapter 6. Judges, chapter 6. Have you ever faced a situation in your life where the odds were against you succeeding? Anyone here? I'm sure all of us, right? We can think of many situations in our lives where the odds were against you and I in being successful. Not only were the odds against you, but even you yourself may have believed that it wasn't even possible. I remember as a kid, boxing was really big when I was growing up. I remember watching a lot of boxing matches on pay-per-view. I remember, uh, remember that, pay-per-view. <laughs> a, thing, a, a thing of the past, huh? There was a boxer that some of you, some of you may know about. Uh, his name was Mike Tyson. <laughs> This guy was knocking out opponents like if they were amateurs, like if it was me going into the ring with him. Every boxer would walk into the ring with their own song. You know, they'd have their song that they play as they walk in, you know, to hype them up, something that had some importance to them, maybe, maybe, maybe growing up, maybe during, their, maybe during their sparring sessions, you know, training. They had this song played, and so they'd play certain songs as they enter the ring. Not Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson had like this one note thing. It was just, it was like the note of death. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever watched him enter a ring, it was, I kid you not, it was one note that just sustained the entire time as he walked in the ring. And I guarantee you that that one note struck fear in his opponent's lives. Because everyone had like these cool songs and, you know, hype things. And he just had this note of death. As he walked in, his face, no expression whatsoever. Just knowing that he was going to come out victorious. And whoever he was facing, good luck. And you would see the look of fear in his opponent's eyes as he entered the ring. I remember... When he, when, he, when, when he fought different boxers and, and the camera would pan to the opponent and the look was priceless. The look spoke a million words like, why did I say yes to this? <laughs> you know, remember that commercial that it was an airline commercial, want to get away? <laughs> I'm sure that was going through the head. What did I do? What did I get myself into? And I remember in 1990, I was just a little guy then, he fought this boxer by the name of James Buster Douglas. Nobody in the world thought that James Buster Douglas was going to put up a fight with Mike Tyson. He had about four losses at the time. Mike Tyson was undefeated in his prime. No one knew what was going to happen? Little did everyone know that in the 10th round that James Buster Douglas was going to knock Mike Tyson out for the first time and give him his first loss. It became one of the biggest upsets in boxing history. 
Now, I wasn't around to see many other big upsets back before then, but it was the biggest upset in my era. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it before. I titled this message here this morning, Against All Odds. Against All Odds. What do you and I do when we face situations, similar situations in our lives, when the odds seem to be against you and I? What do we do? What do we say? How do we react when the odds are against you? Maybe you're believing God for a miracle in your health this morning. Maybe it's to, a, uh, to restore a relationship, a marriage. Maybe you're praying for a loved one to surrender their life to Christ. Maybe you grew up in a broken home. Maybe you didn't have a father. Maybe you didn't have a mother. Maybe you didn't have both. You didn't have the proper education growing up. And the world, the world told you, you could only go this far. You can't go any further. Based upon your upbringing, based upon your, your financial status, you could only go this far. The odds may seem to be against you. You sit and ponder, I'm sure, in your life, and you think, how is this even going to be possible? It would take an absolute miracle. See, this morning, I pray that we depend on the Lord and His ways. Listen to what I'm saying. Depend on the Lord and His ways. Instead of the ways of the world. Because the ways of the world is going to tell you that you are defeated, that you can't do it, that you could only go so far. But when you depend on the Lord and trust in his ways, you will see the supernatural power of God turn those odds in your favor. You and I need to remember, church, that not only is God with you, but he is for you. Oh, man, that's awesome. Not only is he with you, but he is for you. And the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? What does that mean? Does that mean that we're not going to have any enemies? No, we're going to have opposition. There's going to be strategies against you and I. But what that means is that it doesn't matter the opponent. It doesn't matter the strategy. God is greater. It doesn't matter what the world says. God's ways are greater. God's ways supersede the world's ways. So who do you want to accept this morning? Do you want to accept the lies of the world that says you can only go so far? Or do you want to accept the words of Christ where he says in, uh, uh, that in him all things are possible? In Judges chapter 6, God handed Israel over to the Midianites because of their disobedience. And in the same chapter, we find Gideon. Scripture reads in Judges chapter 6 and verse 11. 
Verse 11 says this. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite. Sounds good. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Let me stop right there. See, Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, I'll tell you one of the functions that is not part of a wine press, and that is threshing wheat. <laughs> it's a wine press. See, wheat back then was to be threshed on what they called a threshing floor, which was a solid, smooth floor that was most likely done outdoors. Why? Because as they were threshing the wheat, they, the, 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 wind, the wind would take, would take all the, all the um, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? It would uh, take all like the stray, thank you, and it would blow it away and it would leave just the grain there. The grain would remain on the floor, so it was done outdoors. Well, wine pressing was done indoors. Most likely, probably underground, too. So here you have Gideon, because he was in fear of the Midians taking the wheat that he was threshing, he decided to do what is normally outdoors, indoors. so that they wouldn't confiscate the grain. See, not only was he living in fear of the Midianites, but I believe he was also living in a state of hopelessness. He was also living in a state of inadequacy. Why do I say that? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, because let's look at what the angel of the, of the Lord says to Gideon in verse number 12. Verse 12, Judges chapter 6, it says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said this. He said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And let me tell you how God operates. God always makes it a point to remind you and I who we truly are in him. I want you to remember that. God will always make it a point that if we are doubting ourselves or if we are living in fear, he will always make it a point to remind you and I because you are his children. And he doesn't want you to forget who you truly are in him. And this is exactly what he was doing with Gideon. God sent a reminder to Gideon through an angel and he says, he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mm, that's good. That's good. Because Gideon was hiding. Gideon wasn't living like a mighty warrior at the time. He was cowarding in fear. He wasn't living courageous and brave. He was living scared. Hiding because the big bad wolf was out there. And all he has to do is huff and puff and everything is going to be gone. 
God sends a reminder, Gideon, remember who you are. How many love God? How many of you love his reminders? Remember who you are in me. Remember what I have done for you. Remember what I have brought you from and out of. How can you doubt these little things when I've brought you out of the fire? Why are you afraid of the world taking this and taking that when I have given you everything that you need? Then Gideon was instructed by God in verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have, you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. He says, I am sending you. Gideon says, Pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Here we have Gideon proving what I had just stated regarding how he felt about the situation and about himself. He felt inadequate. I can't do it. Choose someone else. Have any of you ever told God that before? I know I have. God, choose someone else. I don't care who it is, God. Just choose someone else. Just let it not be me. His reaction, to, his reaction was, God, choose someone who's capable because I'm not that person. What happens in our lives when we meet self-defeat? When we feel defeated even before the battle begins? Kind of like with Mike Tyson. Many of those boxers went into the ring to fight him and were defeated before they even rung the bell. Before they even touched gloves, they were defeated in their minds. And this is the way some of us may live. This is the way some of us may, may, may react to situations in our lives when the odds may be against us. We already live in self-defeat. The angel of the Lord just told Gideon that he will be used to save Israel from Midian. Now let's put this into perspective before we, before we move forward this morning. The Midianites numbered around 120,000 swordsmen. 120,000. The, the Israelites, on the other hand, numbered 32,000. So you can see they were already outnumbered four to one. The Midianites had four times more soldiers than the Israelites. This is why I believe uh, as well that Gideon was so hesitant not only to believe that they had a chance at victory, but to think that he would be able to lead them into victory. Then Gideon did something that many of us would do in these circumstances. 
<laughs> he asked God to show him a sign that it was truly him speaking. <laughs> it's, it's good. You're going to like this one. Judges 6.36 says, Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. He says, I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowlful of water. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 39, then Gideon, because that wasn't enough for him, he said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while on the ground around it, while on the ground around it is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. You see, sometimes you and I, we can allow fear to creep in and cause us to hesitate in trusting in God. Or even doubt that it's even him. God, is this really you speaking to me right now? Show me a sign, Lord. Show me a sign right now. Part the, part the water in my bathtub for me, then I'll know it's you. <laughs> Just rub the magic genie, right? Judges chapter 7 and verse 1 says, So Gideon and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves for their own strength, by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So, so 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. You see what happened here? God made some last-minute changes in chapter 7. He subtracted the amount of soldiers that the Israelites had before they went into battle. Did you hear that right? He subtracted. I just told you the Midians had four times the soldiers the Israelites had. And now God says, no, you have too many. Let's take some away. <laughs> At this point, I'm laughing. At this point, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> oh, come on, really? <sighs> I'm tired. We're already, we're already outnumbered four to one. You want to take more? <sighs> Why did God do this? Well, because he didn't want them, he didn't want them to become self-sufficient. Why? As he says in verse 2, he says, you have 
too many warriors with you if I let all of you fight the Midianites. Check this out. The Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. God says, you have too many. You have too many. When you win, you're going to take credit for yourselves. So I'm going to make sure that you know that it is me working through you. Does this make sense, church, in some circumstances in your lives that you may be going through right now? Where you think, God, I'm praying for this and this, and it seems like you're doing the exact opposite. I'm asking for you to multiply of those math majors in here. You know what I'm talking about right now? I'm asking you to multiply, God, but instead you're subtracting. Now I know basic math. <laughs> subtracting is never going to make the odds more in my favor. So what is happening, God? What's happening? We're going backwards here. Think about things in your life that you may be, talking, that you may be telling God about. God, what are you doing? What is going on here, God? You see, self-sufficiency is an attitude that will cut off any kind of help from God. It'll cut it off completely, severed. Why? Because that attitude says, I don't need you, God. I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. How many times have we done things on our own? And we ended up being on our own <laughs> in the end. Going back to Iron Mike Tyson. See, I believe it was this kind of attitude. It was this kind of attitude that led him to experiencing his first defeat that night. It was that self-sufficient attitude. Now, I don't know if he sought the Lord before his fights. I don't know what he did before his fights. I wasn't there. But I know that he was trained to not have an attitude like that. He wasn't trained to be prideful. He was trained to have respect for that ring and for that match. He was trained to give the best that he can give every fight. To go in victorious with a victorious mindset, not because of your own strength, because of your training. Because of what you've been taught. See, but it's that attitude of pride that gets us to a place of thinking, I got this on my own. I got this. Now, I know in certain circumstances when you say, I got this, you know, there's, there's good in it in certain areas of your life. But when you focus on just yourself and say, I and I alone got this, now we have a problem. Because you've just cut God from rendering any help in your situation. And this is the Exactly the attitude that God was trying to prevent the Israelites from developing was this self-sufficient attitude and mindset. Do 
Judges chapter 6 and verse 3. It says how God took them from 32,000 now to 10,000. From 32,000 to now 10,000. And if you're facing a, 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 an army of 120,000, you know that's, that's 12 to 1 odds, right? Yes, we agree. Now they have 12 times more warriors than the Israelites have. I want you to imagine that all you had to your name in your bank account, in your wallet, whatever, in your home, all you had was $100. $100. And that $100 was to be used to pay your mortgage or your rent, to pay for your utilities, to pay for your food, to pay for gas for your vehicle, to pay for your vehicle, to pay for all these things, to pay for your kids and everything that they need. $100. It's all to your name. And all you have is that to pay for everything. You say, God, how is this going to be possible? Right? Would you agree with me? How is that even possible? And God says, he hears you and he says, you know what? You're absolutely right. You are 100% right. You have too much money. Thank you. That's the reaction that I'm sure the Israelites probably did when they saw this. Right? We're all human. <laughs> That's exactly the reaction that many of us would have. You have too much money. What are you talking about, God? I got $100. I just gave you a laundry list, oh, and I didn't even include laundry <laughs> that I have to do with this $100. And you say it's too much money? You want to take some from me? Come on. Let's be real here. Let's make some sense. what God was doing. That's exactly what God did. Gideon, um, Judges 6 verse 4 says, but the Lord told Gideon, <laughs> says there are still too many. <laughs> he says, so do this, bring them down to the spring and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands while standing. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. <laughs> with these 300 men, and yes, Gideon, you're welcome. You are to go fight the Midianites. And I believe another 
important part of that as far as who drank it from their hands. I'm just, I'm just using some, some logic here, if you would allow me to, is I believe that they were watchful. I believe the ones that went down and put their face in the water had no idea what would their surroundings encompassed. And those who put the water in their hands and brought the water to their face, they were the ones that were the, that were the ones being watchful. And God says, I want you to use the watchful ones. Check this out. And this one God just gave to me right now. I'm going to use the watchful ones because they won't only watch out for themselves, but for others. Mm. I want you to be a watcher over other people. Don't just look out for yourself. But as you serve, as you serve fervently for the Lord, you make sure that you are, that you are watching, not in, not, in judge, not in a judgmental attitude, but taking care of those around you. And you are making sure that the enemy does not take out your brother and sister in Christ. Mm, that's good. That's really good. So in that instance, the odds that Gideon was once facing a four to one went from 12 to one. Now with 300, went to 400 to one. <laughs> oh God. God, what are you doing? God, what is going on right now? You subtracted one time and you really, you really did a number on this one. If the odds couldn't ever be more not in my favor than they are right now, 400 more warriors than the Israelites had. 400 times, not 400 more, 400 times the amount of warriors. And God says, now go fight. Now go fight. I guarantee you that there was not one Israelite that thought <laughs> that they were going to win the battle on their own strength. Not one of them, I guarantee it. I guarantee they went in with full-blown faith. God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I just got to keep moving forward. And I'm going to yell as loud as I possibly can, and I'm going I'm to fight as hard as I possibly can, and I'm going to continue to pray like I've never prayed before because I need your help in this one. And God says, that's where I want you to be. That's exactly where I want you to be. Become reliant upon me. I'm glad you finally came to this place in your life. Because now you can start seeing victories. Now you can start seeing my power at work in your life. 
Mm. Have you ever felt outnumbered? Have you ever felt like the odds were against you? God says, guess what? They are in the world's eyes. <laughs> if you want the opinion of the world, guess what? Yes, the odds are against you. He says, but these are the situations that I intentionally set up in your life so that you can see my supernatural power at work. Like Gideon, you and I must be willing to listen what God has called you to do. Don't focus on what the world says. Focus on what God has called you to do. When you see defeat, guess what? God sees deliverance. Oh, man. He doesn't see things like we see it. When we see impossible tasks, God sees impeccable timing. Oh, man. This is, this is who God is, church. When we see failure, guess what he sees? He sees the finished product. This is what God sees in our lives. When we see weakness, as Gideon saw, God sees willingness. Are you willing? Are you willing to do what I have called you to do? I'm not calling you to go out on your own strength. I'm calling you to go into battle with my strength, with my army. Because with my army, you're going to win. Remember I told you, it doesn't matter the opposition. It doesn't matter the strategy. It doesn't matter how many of them and how little of you. God says, my way, uh, I am stronger, I am greater, and my way is not your way, and I will give you victory. As the worship team comes forward this morning, Judges 15, Judges 6.15, once again, Gideon says these words to the Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my family. See, if you could relate your lives to Gideon's and his words to your words, if you can relate, then you could also be willing to serve. If you can relate to what Gideon went through in his life and the way he saw his own life and the inadequacies, then you too, then you too, just like Gideon, can make yourself available and willing to serve. Remember Gideon as a man who obeyed God by giving his attention to the task at hand then you and I need to give full attention to believing that God will prepare you for tomorrow when it comes. Are you willing to allow God to carry your burdens for you? To take your trials, to give you joy, to give you peace? Are you willing to do that? Do you accept that this morning? You see, life is too short to live defeated every day. 
Life is too short to live in fear. Life is too short to live angry, to live worried. Who wants to live like that? Life is too short, church. That isn't the life that God has called you to live. As a believer in the one true God, we are to live with victory, knowing that God has already won the battle. He's already won the battle. All we have to do is walk in it. Isaiah 41, 10, I'll close here. It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, church, when God is on your side, the odds are always in your favor. They're always in your favor. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what others have told you about what you are facing right now in your life, about what you are believing God for in your life. It doesn't matter where you grew up or how you grew up, what you did have, what you did have and what you didn't have, how you look. It doesn't matter. When you have God on your side, the favor, the odds are with you. They are for you. God says, not only am I with you, but I am for you. I'm fighting for you. And I will never let you go. But God says, I need you to know. I need you to know that there's going to be times in your life and many circumstances where you're gonna, where you're gonna think that I'm that I'm doing the opposite of what you're praying for. You're gonna think that I'm making a mistake. And the enemy is gonna try in those times to pull you out from my grasp, to pull you out of my loving arms because of doubt, because of unbelief, because of anger. But understand this, that I have never let you go. Understand this, that even in the subtraction, that you will see victory. You will see victory in your life. Even in those times when you think that I'm doing the opposite of what you want me to do, I am at work. And you will see and others will see my supernatural power at work through your life. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's give God praise here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You receive the glory, Father. It is all you, Lord. It is all you. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.